Welcome back to System and Disturbing, the podcast where we're safe for work until we're not. This is Brent. That was a C-130. And I'm an air traffic controller. No. Was that a real C-130, Or was that... Yes, what do you the, mean by... The what Air you, Force what is do you using mean by airport real, across the way. What do you mean by a real C-130? What is there like well, a fake C-130? A, I don't know if it was Microsoft Flight Center. No, they, no, or they're like practicing. Extracted the sound assets. So are we supposed to shot right now? We shot in pre pregame. Oh, right, yeah, okay. So everybody take their drinks. Well, well, shot. well I'm pouring my drink here. We're doing what? A, a shot? Yeah. Okay. We'll talk about <laughs> what we're actually <laughs> drinking shortly. Here in a minute. In a minute. In a minute. In a minute. But a, minute. a reminder that this is our safer work episode where. No, it's fucking sa- not. Yes, it is. And Jay thought wow. that's $75. Wow. So. You know, I, I had a feeling he was going to do wow. something like that. I, well, I, I, I did just too. get out of the way. I did too. And I can stop thinking about it. Okay. But well, now, no, because then it's going to be $5 each time. Yeah, on top of exactly. That. That's fine. It's $5. So this, so this is how this works. So the first one to break, which in this case was Jathan. Good job, Jathan. $75 to a charity of their choice. The which second gonna, to break, if any. Contribute to. Well, hold on. Let me. Let me okay. get through this. Okay. The second person to break, if any, will owe $50 to a charity of their choice. And then the third person, again, if any, will owe $25 to a charity of their choice. And then each infraction on top of that afterwards is another $5 on top of the donation that they owe. Five dollar dues. So right. I'm really just building up my good karma for the year. I don't think you can buy karma, Jayvon. <sighs> yeah, That's false. The, the guys who've tried to buy karma have gotten bitten in the karma rear end and the karma rear end by doing so so i don't think you can i don't think you can buy karma either i i think do you believe that birds are the bringer of karma no but i think sometimes they can be harbingers of doom yes yes they can be Mm. yes they can be my wife hates birds and there's a reason why they are sucking demons i always thought that when you got shit on by a bird it was just bad karma that's another five dollars that's another five dollars i like birds but yeah we need we need to keep a tally somewhere I don't know. Uh, okay. No, I'm not gonna ask you to do. I'll do it. <laughs> you got it. I can. Yeah, I can well, I'll do it. it I'll, no, I, we don't need to do it now because it, it matters on what makes it into the show too. Right, 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 right. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll just keep no, saying no, that's well, a ding. That's a ding right there. Yeah, yeah just so we we you know catch it. Yeah. Asian cultures viewed a lot of different birds as, as different you know messengers from the spirit world, and typically they were of disaster. I'm like, googling it right now. Yeah, sparrows were typically considered messengers of death. Well, and then they used canaries in the mines. Or messengers to, of the spirit. Right. And they used canaries yeah. in the mines to signify when the methane was too high. Yeah. Know. I don't that know if that has a, anything to do with karma. That is a portend of death. It has death of the tons doom. of things to do with karma. I mean, come on, the canaries are now getting revenge. They've got yeah, their own island. And although technically their, they don't, if we're talking about karma as a strictly Hindu thing. But. That's true. Uh-huh. I don't think karma is necessarily a, a revenge thing. thing. I think it's, it's a more thing. of a, it's more of a you have done a bad act, so now bad acts are going to follow you. That's what yeah, I you can't buy your way out of karma. That's that right. explains why Payton's NFS server keeps breaking. No, we'll get into that's that a Hindu thing, but it has to do with reincarnation. Well, so right, but I don't think it's a. What I'm saying is, I don't think it's a revenge thing. No, 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 it's not. Because I don't think the Hindu believe in revenge either. It's more of like a, a cosmic consequence yeah. system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some entity somewhere has decided that you are not worthy, therefore you are going to suffer now because of your actions. Right. That's what it is. But and you by can't cosmic buy entity, it. we is, mean is, right. Exactly. Is where we're just like you we're can't going buy love either. You, you can't buy love. You're right. Can't buy me love. Can't buy me love. Who's that? Who sings that? Jaython. 
I don't know. Yeah, let's keep it that it's way. The Beatles. It's not. Well, he Beatles. wasn't singing it. It was. It's not. I thought Beatles. it was. It's not the. It's not the Beatles. No, back in their love? boy band stage, I thought what? it was. No, you can't buy me love is by the Beatles. Yes. What? That's that's. I think Kate you're. asked the question. He doesn't know the answer. I think I'm, you're full I'm, of shit. I'm, uh, that's a that's a that's your fifty dollars right there. Damn. Come <laughs> guys, it's been we are less gonna than five wait, wait, minutes. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Yes. Stop. Rewind. Mm. We're taking that out. Nope. Nope. Yep, absolutely. No, that, no, absolutely. no, I don't think nope. that's how we roll. No, nope, absolutely. We're taking that out because that's not, that's not fair. Nope. That's not what fair. What do you mean that's not fair? You it's went fair. into this with nope. full knowledge and nope. consent. Nope. I, I, nope. Nope. Take it out. <laughs> no, no. Okay. That's not, Let's keep that's going. Let's keep fair. going. Let's okay. keep going. And if, yeah. and if I do it again, then we'll, we'll figure it out. Well, <laughs> apparently, I, you know, I forgot. It's a, it's also like a late 80s rom com. Yeah. Yeah, you can't can't buy me love. Patrick as, Dempsey. As ladies. Yeah, Patrick Patrick McDreamy is that who that is? Yeah, Patrick Dempsey. Patrick Dempsey McDreamy from Grey's Anatomy. I think that's what no, it was. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't watch Grey's Anatomy. I don't either. Yeah, Can't Buy Me Love is a song yeah. by the English rock band The Beatles that was released in March 1964 as an A side of their sixth single. So that's yeah, true. it's back when the Beatles had their had their boy band stage. That's true. It was before their drugged out stage when they actually got good. Jay thought, what are you typing? Because you're supposed to be recording a podcast, not not. Typing. He's releasing his thesis. Oh, in the middle of in the middle <laughs> of recording yeah. a podcast. Exactly. I'm getting my second doctorate. Yeah. Wait. Oh, you so you're gonna so you're gonna be so then I can be a doctor, doctor, scientist. So then you're gonna be like, <laughs> I, I might actually have to bleep that. You might have to. Yeah. He only has one doctorate. Yeah, but he doesn't shut up about it. <laughs> so. Okay. Moving on. What are you drinking tonight, Brent? Oh, tonight I am drinking tonight, Jonas Cursed. Tonight, tonight. Uh, not Cursed. Jonas Cursed. Uh, it's a, a black spiced rum. A black spiced rum. Why does it have to be black? Well, that's that's what it's called. It's just <laughs> it's, it's aged in. Why couldn't a it just be? Why couldn't it just it? be POC spiced rum? Well, because it's not people. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Okay. It's not slightly green here, Peta. I am drinking New Amsterdam. Number 525 vodka. Five times distilled. It's oh. 100 pure grain neutral spirits. 80 proof. It's a, th- it's a quintuple distilled vodka, and it's only 40% ABV? Yeah, I'm putting doubts on the distilled. I mean, it all depends on, on how they quote-unquote distill it, though, right? It's from I mean, Modesto. You know. Produced and bottled for New Amsterdam Spirits Company in Modesto, California. Mm. New Amsterdam, California. Huh? No, not New Amsterdam, California. Modesto, California. I thought there was a New Hampshire in there somewhere. No. Am I hearing things? Produced. Well, I, you probably can't hear it over Jayton's pounding. You know. <laughs> Produced and bottled for New Amsterdam Spirits Company, Modesto, California. Oh, the company's name is New Hampshire. Okay. It I thought may I heard impair your ability to drive a car or operate machinery and may cause uh. health problems. Oh, well, that's not good. It may cause cancer. Because it's it's California. Because in the state of California, everything is known to cause cancer. That's right. Right. The state of California is known to cause cancer. (laughs) The state of California kind of is cancer. (laughs) It it kind of is. It kind of is. Yeah. Okay. So, Jaython, what are what are you engaging in beverages with? Boulder vodka. Boulder vodka. Let me guess. It's made in Boulder. Yes. Wouldn't it be funny if it wasn't <laughs> made in the middle I mean, of like, that's Kansas? true of plenty of things. Like, 
Breckenridge Brewery makes beer, but it's not in Breckenridge. It's in Denver. Made no, I know, but like if it's like in the middle of like Kansas or Ohio or something, made in China. And they call themselves Boulder. <laughs> just, just like make a rant, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get, do, have you guys heard that there's like Chinese wineries that are all of a sudden like becoming like really big? How big are they? I don't know. It's just some of the new hotness. It's all these like brand new, new wineries hotness. opening in China, and it's strange to me. Like you don't think strange. of China. I don't. I don't think of China in that a, way at all. A wine place. You think like Italy, France, I, whatever. You, but you know, actually, I don't think of China as as any sort of alcohol at all. Like not even like sake. You know. Well, that's Japan. That's what I'm saying, though. Like Japan has sake. Yeah, I don't, don't think of China as having an alcohol. Even, like, I mean, beer, I, I would imagine they have their own traditional sure fermented beverages. I have no idea what they are. You know, I, I don't either. If you know, hit us up at this Administration. Yeah, sure. Yeah, hit us up. So but I don't think they've ever episode hit has a, failed a big... miserably already. <laughs> well, can't I'm still going. That one. I can't believe I, I can't believe I didn't last five minutes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I have I'm to chalk going. it up to me being me being upset. I like how everyone thought I would be the first to break. Well, I mean, if I strong. were invested, I could totally just do the whole episode. No, well, I, I don't think you can because there's no reason why you, we're going to challenging it. you. This was you your opportunity it. to prove it, Jason. Yeah, and you, and you, you, you but I, it. I, I, I have. There's <laughs> like, what is the motivation for proving that? The, all, of your, all of your, all of your detractors who are like, that's Jason doesn't read. Jason doesn't do this. Like you could have proved them all wrong. It was literally the opportunity for you to show that you opportunity that you did of it, a lifetime. You, you either uh-huh. can't do it, or you decided no. You know what? I'm going to make these claims that I can do it, but not back them up. Yeah, and that's uh-huh. the core yep, of this yep, issue. Yep, yep, yep. This uh-huh. was your opportunity to put your money where your mouth is, quite literally. And literally, you did not. And you failed. So you didn't even uh-huh. make it past the intro. No. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No. So. So, uh, so that's well. that's where we are with that. So, a needle pulling thread. Needle, uh, right. <laughs> I forget what's after so. During me thought so la la and la is a note to follow so yeah tea a drink with jam of bread. Right, but like I feel re- I always felt really bad for la because like it did uh, yeah everything the else only got description you have is, is it's literally a what note you to follow. follow so. Like, that's your only purpose, is right. just to follow this your, your other thing up. Your only that's, purpose in life is to follow this other... That's a bum rap, is what that's that is. That's a bum rap. Mm-hmm. So, so anyways, talking about bum raps, should I talk about What we're talking tip? about tonight... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're not to the tip yet, because I still need I know, to do the, I know, the topic I know. summary. Yes, let's do it. I talked about the bet we have for the safe work, the summary. Uh-huh. Yes. So, tonight, we are reviewing three major quote-unquote cloud providers specifically aws gcp uh, google <laughs> cloud platform is, is that what the p is in gcp Jathan? i platform? think it's platform yeah yeah and or provider i can't remember who it, it's, it's gcp it's platform yeah okay it's, and yeah. azure uh microsoft's cloud offering uh, I, what is the right way to say that word azure azure, yeah. azure. something like that azure azure because azure is a real like, word that means like it's a I, shade I of blue I don't fucking know. It's Microsoft. Azure. <laughs> yeah. The real word itself is, is Azure. Azure. So just go or with Azure. Azure if you want to Azure. be pretentious about it. But I don't know if Microsoft put their own like branded pronunciation. I hate when, when companies <laughs> do that, by the way. But, you know, who knows? Who cares? I don't because I hated right. every second of it. Yeah. 
I'm getting into the topic and I don't want to get into the topic yet. Did you guys, I know this is getting a little gossipy and like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, puff PC or whatever, but did you guys hear Bill and Melinda are getting a divorce? Bill and Melinda yeah, she, I guess she couldn't stand him either. Well, right. But like the weird thing is like now she's talking about how he was really close with Jeffrey Epstein and, and all this crazy stuff. Is she? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. You haven't seen that? She's being very public about it. <laughs> so, so that's interesting. Well, I have to tell you, I feel like that a lot of people who are in public, the public eye, are much closer to him than we are aware. And the trueness of all that is going to come out at some point. Right. And we are going to yeah, be. I'm not saying it's true. I'm not saying it's not. But... Because I, I think a well, lot more people than than we know are connected to Jeffrey Epstein and. He actually had some legitimate dealings, but still, like, but legitimate how much or not, of them were right, nefarious, exactly. right, right, exactly, or, or right. legitimate and nefarious, you know. So yep. yeah, it, it does, you know. Yep. Like he wasn't primarily a sex trafficker, but he was also a sex trafficker. So like that, you know, you're gonna as a result of that, you're gonna have some legitimate associations. He, here's, with some. Here's the yeah. problem with that, though. Like he could be. Mother Teresa, as far as I'm concerned, and the fact that he trafficked sex in girls and other other things of that nature immediately nullifies all of that. Like, I don't care, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, if he gave all of his money to save orphans and cured cancer and AIDS and all that. The well, fact you can't that he buy was tra- karma. But, you, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, he can't do those things and also traffic sex and be considered a good person, you know? So, yeah, like, yeah, I don't no, care I what he did else. The fact that he did this one thing and it's been proven, blah, 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 instantly, that's it for me. Mm. Done. You know, like yeah. that. that's it. Like Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson was a fantastic singer, but he had all these accusations and all these things happened that he was molesting people. It is, and it is you know, worth noting that Jackson is a bit of a different case. As sure. There is sure. a lot of controversy about the validity of those accusations. But Epstein, like nobody's saying no those those aren't true right right so that's, right, that's right. a big deal to me but but so right yeah yes Jaython. yeah i mean i uh, this is a weird thing to talk about i think it is welcome this back is, to you know, like, welcome back to politics and so, trivia so <laughs> the first article that i found that references mm-hmm. bill gates and jeffrey epstein is from 2017 okay okay but i'm also seeing like there are public records of massive donations that Bill Gates made through the Gates Foundation that were facilitated by Jeffrey Epstein. And I think that's the uh, problem with this is like, I'm not condoning any kind of connection to the guy or whatever. Right. But you never, you don't but really he's know. he's in so many high right. dollar circles that like, yep. I find it hard to believe that there are any billionaires that weren't connected to him yeah. somehow. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And I think the real question is to the extent of how connected he was. And I think that's something that will, you know, eventually be, be delved into yeah. deeper. And just to be clear, I'm not defending this or anything i mean i don't know any of the details i'm just my quick cursory sort of glance at a couple of articles that's what i've gleaned right and full disclosure yeah. jathan is a bill gates fanboy and i'm a, a whatever the opposite really a of a fanboy fan is oh you absolutely are you yeah, absolutely no. quite a, you love bill bit of praise what what you've given him uh, yeah i mean i think he's a he's an interesting man with an interesting life and that's, i that's not how i appreciate him before though you've, you've you called him a genius 
In some ways, he is. I mean, what? he's got more money than you or I, that which is not make to him say... Money well, I understand that doesn't make him a genius. It's really easy make to lucky. make money. I mean, you know, I'm a billionaire, and I just act no. like I'm not, you know? Well, no, I don't know. Okay, that, listen, that if you can claim to be a doctor, but... scientist, Jayton, I can claim to be a billionaire, okay? <laughs> if you were a he's billionaire, he's you wouldn't need to run your own NFS server that you can't do. I No, billionaires would pay someone to do that. Exactly. That's right. You'd pay me. No, I was able to run it on my own. I was also just frustrated. With the day well, that I was have. able. Well, you know what? That's a good segue to get back on topic. It, it is. Yes. Why don't you give us your tip? Oh, boy. Okay. Let's have a chat about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you've, been in, if you've been in our Discord server, you, may have, you might have noticed that I was... Very Bill Gates thing to do, by the way. Shut your pie hole while I'm talking. <laughs> it's his tip. Jaylen, so I interrupt his tip. Yeah, we don't interrupt yeah, you. Segment. You you don't interrupt me. All right. We do I feel him. like you should have renamed it for the not safe for work episode. Uh, well, I haven't mentioned no, anything about is, a tip is a valid thing. It it's, is. It this is, is this a, is a figlet a, of advice. Exactly. Exactly. So if you've been in our Discord server, which we have one by the way, you should join it and hang out with us. Mm-hmm. We have some really cool people there. It's just administrative.com slash contact. You'll find a link to the Discord in there as, as, as Boom. Uh, there it is. Yeah. You may have noticed that I was discussing an issue I had with a turnkey service that I had purchased. Mm-hmm. I had an appliance. I, an appliance. And yeah. It's a QNAP. And name and shame, baby. There was yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Name and shame. Absolutely. They do. They do there, deserve it in this case. They do. There was a hidden back door mm-hmm. in the QNAP, and somebody was able to find that information and then use that to spread malware to everyone that had one. Mm-hmm. Now, it was, if you didn't have it opened to the internet, obviously, they couldn't access it, but I did, mm. and I got, well, what happened was, was it last episode, or was it, was it on the 21st? What had happened was... Well, April 21st, according to all of the files that were changed... And QNAP themselves. QNAP themselves, yeah. A malware service was able to access my NFS server and mm-hmm. change some files and added a text document that said... Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, read me. Mm-hmm. And we had just finished recording on the 26th or so, and I was mm-hmm. navigating to my NAS to upload my recording, and I noticed this this file. And I said, what the hell is this? And I catted it. I didn't open it. I just catted it. And it said, blah, 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 your files, blah, 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 Bitcoin, blah, blah, blah. And I said, crap, I think I've been compromised. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of research later, it comes to find out that QNAP, this terrible, 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 terrible appliance vendor, had this back door, which they had apparently put in for whatever reason, mm. and the, the password was hard-coded, and someone was able to make use of that and compromise people's, a lot of people's QNAP devices. And so, as an aside, this is why so-called backdoored encryption, which is what the government's been pushing for for ages now, is, is a terrible idea. Terrible idea. There's terrible no idea. way to keep it safe. Yep, yep absolutely. And this well, is a prime example of that. Well, and last time we talked about the Celebrite, which was the police's ability to hack iPhones, was mm-hmm. compromised. And yep. so giving the police who, you know... And... Have, and government... The ransomware... And the ransomware, yeah. That has hit the massive oil pipeline. This is the, the week of uh, Wednesday, yes. May 12th right now. Yes, yes. The ransomware that's essentially caused the pipeline to shut down. The ransomware itself isn't responsible, but the, the company decided to shut down you know, as, right. a, as a measure while they restore right. things. Right. That was made possible by the NSA exploits that were leaked. 
the NSA rootkits. Thank so, you, NSA. You rock. So this is this is just a continual Church. example of why backdoored encryption is a terrible right. idea. Right. So postmortem, I was able to go through, I was able to check all of my files, and thankfully my very important files were fine and safe, and you know, my Linux ISOs were okay. Huh. I did lose a few things, and that's fine. You know, they were they mm. weren't things that were important, they were just things that I had stashed. But the point is that as we say, and I should have taken my own advice. Mm. We don't use appliances and we don't use turnkey. You should not do those things. Because mm-hmm. you, you never really know what's there. Right. Ex- and this exactly. Is a prime example exactly. of that. Yeah. And so I have, that's why I took a personal project on of learning the Docker thing, et cetera, through the pies. Mm-hmm. And I've also gotten my ML110 spooled back up again. And I'm working on setting that up as a host for things. And so that will also be serving that kind of stuff for me. And so in short, it was a learning lesson, mm-hmm. and now I would not, yeah. I would not just trash your QNAP appliance because you can't install Linux on it. You can install vanilla Linux on it. You so. certainly can go through and take the appliance that you purchase and change it mm-hmm. to suit you. Mm-hmm. However, if you boot it up, the first thing you should do is disable remote connections or whatever it is. Right. Or, or have it that's, behind a, a properly configured firewall. Or behind a firewall. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, realistically, you know. The, I just, it's such bullshit that that, mm-hmm. and, and, I I, and I'm, I'm taking the ding on that. And I was going to take it out anyway. That's a fair thing. It is. It's complete BS because that shouldn't be possible. You know, Mm-mm. like no. you can't promise to be security conscious and then have something like that just sitting in your system, you know, like that's right. just, but I digress. So anyway, the worst part to me is there's no legislative punitive action for that. Oh, oh yeah. Oh no, uh, absolutely. And QNAP even said we're saying like if the process is finished, there's no recourse. You either pay or you lose your software, your data. Mm. And I mean, like you know, but QNAP's not even held responsible for not disclosing about their backdoor. Right. Exactly. Oh no, I, I and agree. Hundred percent. That's the issue I have with that. That should be I, I, yeah. that should be illegal. It should be, absolutely. To have that and not disclose it in big, bright letters. Right. So. I mean, like, if I had known about that, do you think I would have gotten something like this? Absolutely not. Probably not. I'd be like, no. hell no. Yeah. I don't no. think hell yeah. counts as a, as a bad word. Well, I'll base it on... The seven words that you can't say on the TV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that. Okay, so I think yeah, hell is fine, that. but whatever. Okay. I'm just going to play it safe and, and be yeah. perfectly diplomatic. Yeah. Now, are you going to use the George Carlin... Bit for that when you when yeah you... I'll link to it I'll link to it in the show notes <laughs> please do it because that is a fantastic bit by the way it's a good metric too it is what it's is amazing considered safer work and not but you can't say never mind yeah I can't, well, I can't you give can't him say because you'll get I can't give him credit because he just does it so well but anyway that's been my tip don't use turnkey appliances do some research mm-hmm. and lock your stuff down mm-hmm. patch your stuff and patch your stuff. Yeah. And if something like this is out in the wild and it hasn't inf- impacted you yet, just pull the network cord. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. There's no, yeah. There's no yeah. Yeah. just don't even think about it. It doesn't matter what kind of inconvenience it is because it's going to be less of an inconvenience than trying to fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. honestly. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Have, yep. Has QNAP released a way to disable that backdoor? Yeah, the way? like, are they going to fix it or it's just... Yeah, if you disable the remote login feature, like the internet login feature, that essentially disables the... Okay. Because you can't access it from outside the network. Yeah. I, it's interesting that that would disable their back door, though. Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't know. 
It doesn't really sound like it was a backdoor so much as it was like an extraneous user and password that existed. So I call it, well, I call it a backdoor, there for their... what it was, what it was is it was a way for them to access a system, much like Comcast accesses your mm-hmm. modem, and to do whatever they want to do on your system. And well, that's someone... literally what a backdoor is. Well, it's a way of them circumventing the access system that right. you have configured. Right. But I you mean, know? it's not a Trojan that installed the way to do it. Like right. It's, yeah. It's no, hard, the word backdoor is loaded terminology. Now. Right. So it's hard coded into it the. As, right. right. It's hard coded into the system as, hey, this is, you know, custadmin, blah, 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 like the Comcast stuff is. And so, you know, it was just that. And someone nefarious found that information, which, by the way, how did they find that? Oh, I don't know. Probably some idiot at QNAP was like, hey, ha, ha, I know the thing, huh? You know, mm. or got fired or whatever. Like, this or is, they just brute forced it, or, or just or, brute forced you know, it. Like, but, I a, mean, these things happen by multitude of ways. So but this not... is why you don't piss people who are very smart off. Second, and, well, like, it's also know. why you make it so if somebody's pissed off, it doesn't matter. Right, right. exactly. And, right, and, like and a, very a good and lunatic easy. shouldn't be able to do this anyway. Well, like right. just to correlate onto that, like the guy who shut down the city of San Francisco because they didn't pay him enough and he withheld all the passwords. Like, I mean, you (laughs) should not have one person. And this is, so my general tip is don't use, don't use turnkey appliances, lock down your Mm. stuff. Don't give one person all the keys to the kingdom. Yeah. And if you are an appliance offerer, a software developer, you know, whatever, maybe don't put backdoors into your stuff because this happens. Usually, I would say like 80% of the time a backdoor is present, this is exactly what happens. I would say it's closer to 95%. Well, the other thing about it is like, you know, just like looking at at how my life goes, and I'm I'm assuming the same for you guys, like your friends and family know that you're like, you know, a quote unquote IT guy. So every time you're at some family function or you're out, someone's like, oh, hey, I need to get a a so-and-so for my home network. Like, what should I buy? I get that question all the time about routers and all kinds of stuff and it's stuff that i don't actually yeah. know anything about because it has nothing to do with your my own. job right but, exactly and if you're if you're home stuff you build your own yeah exactly so it's, but it's, right. the thing is now like how many people over the course of the next 20 years are going to ask Payton that question and you know he's never going to say qnap now <laughs> right so i I, ref, I, ref, I i'll refuse to answer number one and number two i'll say there are many different options available to you if you give me some options, I can tell you which is the better one. Is yeah, what I'll like, say. you want to get a, a good idea. But of what I, I'm not going to be for, like, but... go do this because I mean, in reality, well, I like, think what Jathan was getting towards is now because QNAP well, has done oh, yeah, this, they've absolutely. lost your recommendation. Absolutely. Forever. Oh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I so, I, I wasn't going to recommend them in the first place anyway. I mm, I, I well, done some reading yeah. and they you know professed to be very good and a lot of people did say that they were very good, but you know, like after using it for a while, I was like. <laughs> this thing is slow anyway and it has mm. no memory in it whatsoever mm-hmm. so like you know yeah if i could rewind time i absolutely would but just like sure if you could turn back time if i could turn back time mm. yep absolutely mm-hmm. yep yeah so that's i mean even if they were but even if they were good except for the back door they would still have lost your recommendation forever from yeah this event. It, yeah and I, I think that's I, what jathan was getting at is yeah no absolutely when this when something like this happens because you put it there Right. Don't be surprised if you lose business because of it. In right, the, right, In right. the long run, it may be more convenient for your court cases, but it's not worth it. Right, right, so. right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was my tip, and uh, I think it was a good one. But, you know, I really just, I, I think that maybe I should just start using stuff that carries rain in it. 
What, what is that? What is the thing that carries rain in now? A bucket? No, no, a no. It's, it's up in the sky. It's kind of fluffy. No. Oh, I, I hate you for <laughs> the really transition. Carry rain. It kind of is disperses. Rain. <laughs> it sort of co- like coagulates it, it and disperses. Moisture? Yeah. Would you yeah. would you say it was a cloud? Uh, <laughs> all right. So, I would say it's so other here's the thing. Computers. So I think. Brent, I love you. Okay, man. so 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 I think yeah, I that this this episode, this topic has potential to go a little off the rails. So mm. I was hoping to kind of at least up front ask a couple of questions to help guide us a little bit, so we don't just go off in fifty thousand directions. I, I, I did take I, notes. Okay. I have. I, yeah, I have about I have no, five I have minutes notes too. I have about five I have minutes worth. So of... so just very fifty thousand foot view. I'm going to ask you both two questions. Okay. 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 They're very simple questions. So Brent. Did you use the CLI tools provided by the cloud providers, or did you use the console? I the used, web console? I used their consoles because okay. that would be learning the CLI tools. I feel would have been an extra layer of knowledge that I would have had to learn. It definitely would have been. And which was your? If you had to pick a favorite, I don't want any reasons. I just want to know which one. I don't have any favorites. I have. Uh, I have. If, one, but if you had to pick, one. I have one that I dislike or hate. I will use the word. Okay, hate that's here. fine. I and that I is at the top the of your least. list. Yes, and that's GCP. So, I and you were saying, oh, you're going to love GCP. No, I hated it, but I hated it the least, and that's a very okay. important distinction to make. Peyton, same question. I set up SSH access, and I used my laptop and my terminal from there to access everything from there. So I did everything via the command line. But you actually spun up the cloud resources themselves and stuff via the web console. Via the web console, via the web web browser, et cetera. And then I used the the terminal itself to... Right, but the provisioning you did through the... Correct. I think that's what it was. Okay. The provisioning was via the web, yes. Which one was your preference? I'm going to go with Brent here. I like GCP the most You disliked it the least. I disliked it the least, yeah. Mm -hmm. The others, like... Okay, yeah, you don't want explanations. GCP was, well, was my least disliked one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, so and we'll still, get into... That was, you know, like... We'll get into more in a second, but I'm just going to yeah. go ahead and say that my preference was also GCP, mm. is... This is not really news to me. The only one of these three that I hadn't used at all before was Azure. Mm. Which was painful, I should add. But I'll, I'll talk more about that. Though. It yeah. was painful. I forced myself, because I was already familiar with the AWS and GCP command line tools, I also used the command line tools for Azure. Mm. So for me, the web console, I have plenty of opinions about the web consoles, mm-hmm. whatever, and I'm happy mm-hmm. to talk about them. So from a pure you know, usability standpoint, having done all of the projects I've done over the years with any of these public clouds, I would also pick GCP. Yeah. But I am definitely most proficient at AWS because I work with it daily now. Yeah, yeah. You've been you've been doing that for what, two months now? No, like six. Six months? Really? It's been that long? Yeah. November, man. I've got the COVID schedule now. Like I, I time has lost all meaning for me. Oh, it's crazy. Trust yeah. me. I it, it's flying. But yeah. anyway, okay. So let's just real quick I'm gonna recap. So what we did is we used all three major public clouds mm-hmm. and we spun up basically A and instance of some sort and we basically used their hosted database service and we just connected like a simple django application to it Mm -hmm. and that was kind of the litmus test here like how complex was that task what was the frustration where were the pain points and also it was supposed to be part of it that you set up you know appropriate security groups or firewalls or whatever and stuff like that 
Now, did you do so, the database component as well? Because that's what I was doing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. And like, you know, yeah. And so for me, all the networking between the database and the compute instance were private. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So let's start with Brent because I think he's probably the most angry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I yeah, hated yeah. this. I, I'm Tell me hating. why, wh- what did you hate so much? What did you... Just start with that. What, what did you hate so much? And, and try to keep it kind of succinct because I do have like a bunch of questions. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to blow through all my all my notes and see if that answers any of the questions. But because, so like I said, I only have about five minutes worth here. So the thing I hate, generally speaking, about these cloud providers is it's there's one word that comes to mind and it's overcomplication. It's mm-hmm. there's so much convolution there across all three, and this is inherent to cloud providers. I don't understand what makes this quote unquote simpler to deploy than, say, using mm-hmm. your VPS provider's API and a config manager, mm-hmm. you know, config management. It, to me, like, and I get it, you know, it's, it's, it, it is a personal preference because I've, I've gotten used to doing it one way, but I don't understand how this became the accepted superior way, you know, like the general mm-hmm. knowledge recommendation. That's the problem I have with this. It's, it, there's so many different layers of convolution here. So that's why I hate all of these. That's why this is just... Not fun for me. Now, for AWS specifically, they offer a very large services structure. And they don't really do a good job of setting up a hierarchy there. Like, they do have categories in their full service listing for AWS, but they don't really have a a sort of drill-down method. So you're not really entirely clear of the association. And that's another thing I have with cloud in general is like you require extraneous information just to learn this abstraction method in addition to what you need to know for. It is true. Yeah. The one thing that I have in my notes is, in my opinion, AWS names their services in such a wonky way. Yeah. That you have no idea what a service is potentially. Yeah. 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 Like Route 53, you could surmise is probably... DNS? But that requires but, knowing that DNS runs on port 53. You know? Right. Well, exactly. yeah, yeah. Base, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, right. So, but the other thing is like, oh, I'm trying to think of like, I don't know, like even VPC, right? Which is like their private networking. Yeah. Virtual private cloud. You can figure it out if you go click on it and look at what it is. But realistically, in the name itself, like they just call it VPC. You yeah. would think that would be a, a private segregated infrastructure, like dedicated correct. hardware. Yep, but it's well, not not. not I mean, I don't. But well, so here's the thing. So I, my point I is, you just wouldn't know what it is necessarily. I know, but the weird thing is, VPC is an actual thing in Europe. That's what they call VPSs. So you think that's oh, like that's virtual private cloud. That's thing. that's just a regular, you know, VPS instance. But no, that's what the EC2 is. So you're there's a lot of not only convolution, but but misnomers associated with existing terminology being right right so Mm -hmm. right exactly well and even s3 we know is storage because it's been around yeah but a normal but it's actually like google just calls their storage cloud storage yeah that's very simple and yeah but simple storage service but if it were spelled out everywhere that would be one thing but it's Mm -hmm. not it's just s3 Mm -hmm. and And even in the console that's how it's labeled you to know their branding and that's a yes. poor posture to take. Now, yeah. to be fair, they do have a tool that basically walks you through kind of a tour right. of all these things. Right. But I do agree that the naming is shitty. You, Very you should, unintuitive. You shouldn't need a tutorial to figure out what VPC is. Like, Word it should well. be named. Hold on. It should be named such that 
you can click on it and be like, or you can hover over it or whatever, and it makes sense to you. Hey, this is X, not mm-hmm. okay. Hold on, let it me run this tutorial me. to know what X do- this terminology does that it doesn't make or sense. Or why not just call that. it X? Why not just right, call right, it private networks? Right, right. You know why can't it? Why does it have to be called Route Fifty Three when it could just be called DNS? Like you uh, know, Amazon yeah. to me, is, AWS is like the Instagram. Of them, where they they have their personal branding, <laughs> yes, yeah, and yes, they make it I their agree. entirety. I agree. Now, the, mm-hmm. the, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to blow through all my AWS. Go ahead, yeah, just go. keep going. Let Brent go because yeah, he's yeah. an angry old man. Well, <laughs> I, yeah, I've got. A lot to say I'm too. not going to dispute that. So Wrong. I did. AWS does give me the impression that with their the, their command line utilities, they seem more friendly to Linux developers. And you know, I'll, I'll talk about GCP and, and Azure in a second, but. They do seem like they're more Linux developer friendly, meaning a developer using Linux, not necessarily developing for Linux applications, but just a developer within a Linux development environment. I did mention the convoluted thing. I believe that multiple layers of abstraction that all the cloud providers apply do more harm than good. For me, Jason didn't experience this, but it may also be because he already had an environment configured for when he was testing stuff for work. So we'll see. But for me, changes to... For instance, the RDS database configuration take forever. They took like five to ten minutes just for so, changing the. I wanted to change it as a sense of curiosity from private to public. You know, yeah. to use my MySQL client. That's okay. So ages. I just, I just want to clarify. I did create a brand new account for this. Oh, you did. Okay, good. Yeah, because it's I didn't think it'd be fair. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting but, that you didn't experience the same issue I did. Well, I don't know what change you made. That I got this on both when I set up the RDS. Uh-huh. And when I changed it from private to public for that database, when I was hmm. done everything, because uh, I, I wanted so, to poke around from the. So the... I did not ever set one from private to public, for example, but mm-hmm. I would go do that now just to see if I had the same experience, because I'm curious now. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, you could wait till after we can put it in the show notes. You could just, you know, pop me a DM or whatever. But yeah, for me, that the, every time I made a change to that, it took forever, whether it was creation, weird, modifying the configuration. Yeah, that took ages. Weird. I think AWS needs to consolidate their services and deprecate out or segregate what they consider legacy ones. Like, there's EC2, and then there's the predecessor, and I can't remember the name of it, but, like, they have both of them in the same flat-level hierarchy. And I think they should... What you mean? Yeah, it, it might not have been. Easy. It might have been their S S three and their, an older one. There was one where there was a service offering and then and uh, their legacy, but it's at the same hierarchy level. They should split that out to like a, a legacy section that's entirely off site, so to speak, from the common listing. But either way, they should consolidate a lot of their services together. Yeah, you know, and it create more defined hierarchy. I think they need to split out various sub- services to their own separate product platform, right? Like they every right now everything is AWS. I think they need more segregation between those offerings. The, the interoperability interoperability is good, but they should do a better job of segregating out their functions. Like yeah, you know, uh, like yeah. Beanstalk for instance. Beanstalk and RDS may have close interaction. But they're very different product offerings. So they should be separate product lines. They shouldn't be at the same hierarchy. And your nav menu should not look like a Wikipedia article. <laughs> if you do a, a full listing of AWS, <laughs> of their services, yeah. it looks like, a, you know, like there's, it's, it's it just does. a block of text. It's, it, the yeah. AWS console is bad. 
It is bad. It is bad. I think in the, inside an individual view, like looking at the EC2 console or whatever, mm-hmm. I think it's fine. It, it's better. The yeah, only other thing better. that really bugs me, and you probably didn't even really notice this, is I wish that you didn't have to go into every individual region. What do you mean? Like there's well, no... like if you go to EC2 and you're in US West 2, you're only going to see instances from US West 2. That's, oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, Where, I, I did it set up multiple regions, but that yeah, is... So, yeah, I, agree I believe that. that you should have one central view where you can just, you know, sort by region or That's it so has a funny. column. Why would they but, segregate based on that and not on service? Because the regions are so important. You uh, can't move things between certain regions or between regions. I, you, I thought you can. You There's there's something you can't do between regions. I forget what it is. I'm sure Jathan knows, but you like mm. there's something you can't move between regions. I'm drawing a blank on what it is right now because I'm, I've got like 8 million things right. in my mind, but... Right. Essentially, it's something that you like. If you have U.S. East, and you're in U.S. East, you can't transfer something from U.S. East to U.S. West. Like, it, that, okay, but you don't you know. Do it. It's but some I mean, service. I, I don't even. I, I mean, I don't know exactly what you're talking about, but I don't, I don't even know. care about that action. I uh-huh. just want to be able to click and see every EC2 instance. In a no, I agree. I, I agree. I agree. I agree with that. There should be. I, I mean, how hard would it be to add another column to the listing table that says region? You know? But that's not something that you get around using the CLI tools. You have to specify the region when you oh. run the command to list instances. That's painful. That is, it is. That's that is definitely painful. a ding on their part. And then to close out my summary of AWS, I will say it is not infra as code friendly. It requires multiple checks and steps to do a simple turn up, whether it's from the command line or the console. Well, that's not yeah. entirely true. Well, well, compared to, say, compared to... A deploy on bare metal with config management and something like IPC. Right. So let me right. let me ask right. you this question though. Well, uh, so you know there are some things though that AWS enables you to do that you could never accomplish the same way with Linode, for example. Well, le- yeah, but like for example, mm. there's when you're spinning up an RDS instance, there's just a checkbox that says enable encryption. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That but, is something that's non-trivial to do on your own. Right. Right. But the difference is. Once you do it in config management, once you have that in the task profile, whatever, you know, appropriate terminology is appropriate for whatever config management engine you're using. Once you have that as part of the config profile, you do it once and it's done. With this, well, you need to specify start... it each time, right? Well, not, no, because it's similarly, you'd use, you wouldn't just do it from the console. You'd use Terraform or a script or even CloudFormation, which is Amazon's basically proprietary, you know, infrastructure as code tool okay so, so but that's still essentially config management so now you've got config management on top of this thing that claims better ease of use than bare metal right and well, that's the issue infrastructure management yeah yeah but that's an additional thing that you still need in addition to cloud when cloud itself was supposed to solve the problem of config management you see the issue here well you still need I config management i don't think cloud solves config management i think cloud solves infrastructure management I would say they solve hardware management, and that's the only thing they solve. Because there is still infrastructure management with cloud. The difference is whether it's virtual or physical. That's the only difference here to me. Yeah. I mean, I think that's inevitably true. Yeah. So for me, I I think I would rather, you know, keep that on the physical realm, keep my costs down for, you know, the same amount of power, and use the rest in a generic config management because then I have a lot more options. I don't, I'm not tied to one specific cloud centric technology. You know what I mean? Mm. Yes. Sure. That's how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm at with that. Yeah. 
Okay, do we have any other thoughts on AWS between the two of you? Because we haven't heard much from Payton. Well, I'm going to just kind of say my bit at the end. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Wait, because I for, feel... all, for all of the clouds or for AWS and then we'll go well, into GCP? Well, I'll keep interjecting a little bit as I go, but I feel like I'm pretty biased, so I'll just kind of save it for the end, I think. Okay. All right, yeah, Payton, do you have any further so, thoughts on AWS? Well, are we talking about AWS? Okay, so just AWS. Yeah. I Having... I mean, I felt like I could go into AWS because I've started like the training for it or whatever, and mm-hmm. I was able to move through it pretty well and and do all the stuff and like you know get all the configuration set up, the DMZ and, and etc. I agree though that it does look like a Wikipedia page on the left side. I mean, a lot of your points are valid. I, I let's see, I had notes here. Hold on a second. Mm-hmm. While you're looking for them, I got it right here. You got them. So okay. I, Here's my thoughts on it. AWS is convoluted and complex. Mm. You have to, so like, as far as like accessing your instance, you have to use their user, which I it's what I felt like I had to do. Mm. And then like I get that from a security standpoint, like you need to be secure. So here's how you be secure: use our user. But then like for Google Cloud, I was able to upload my SSH key, and it automatically added my user. Mm. As my user, and I had I could just do that based on the on the based on the, the key SSH pub key based, based on the pub key. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And you know, I did the same for AWS, and it was like, no, no, you still have to use our PIM and our key and our user and blah. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, this is mm. too much. They force a lot of choices. You are exerting on you. too much control yeah. over something that is essentially what I'm paying for. And I don't like that. And please, yeah. you know, please. I mean, on one get... hand, it is their product, but on the other right. hand, they make a lot of assumptions about your deployment, and that's exactly what I like. Yeah, I am not going to deploy stuff as the EC2 dash user. Like, I don't know what mm-hmm. they are thinking. I'm not doing that. I'm going to figure out a way to get around, it. and I'm sure there is, you know. And so, but it's a lot more complex than it w- than it should it's, be. It's it's way more yeah. complex than it should be. Like I said, like I literally when I was creating the server, it under one of the prompts in Google Cloud was literally paste the key here, and that's all I did. And I had mm. access from my terminal. Like, I didn't have to do a copy ID or anything. Like, it was immediate. No, like, you know. That specific thing is a two way street for me. Mm. I agree. And because, I, I agree. I agree. Well, I, I, go ahead. I don't know if this is something you actually found in what you did because you may not have tried it, but in AWS. Mm-hmm. You know, you might start an instance with a key that you generate in AWS, you download it, whatever, you right. log in with it. But you can add a new user and a key, and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, you I, try to add a second key in GCP, and it will consistently keep stripping it out. Yeah. That's, yeah. So there's so it's, it's a yeah. little bit of this, a little bit of that, right? Like, right. Yeah. And I mean, that's why I, it's, that's it's, another thing. There's a lot of inconsistency between these Yeah, styles, six of one have done right, another. That's definitely true. I, I mean, yes. they're, they're all BS as far as user management is concerned. So mm-hmm. I, I just... That's no. my big takeaway is that user management is wackadoodle. So as part of you my know. research on this, uh, I was watching a like a virtual talk. Okay. One was like an a certified Azure, uh, not Azure, AWS expert, and one was a certified GCP expert. Okay. And they're like, oh, what are the differences between AWS and GCP? That was literally the topic of this talk, this collaboration. Forty five minutes, and you know what the you know what the only thing they kept saying was, "There's no real difference." Like, but when I started using them, I'm like, no, there's there's so many differences. Well, the experience they're, they're, is wildly different. That's a loaded question, though, because can you do the same thing with both? Yes. But that is wasn't, the path to get there the same? No. Right, right. And that they, there was no talk of the difference in path. It was just, it's all come to, it all comes down to preference. It's like, no, like there's, 
there's there, scotches there's, for both yeah, that are there's, unique there's to each other. Scotches for all three. So. And don't get me started on, on Azure. I hate oh, yeah. it. I don't I, think I, any of us. I liked hated Azure, every but... second of Azure. Like I was just like, I, oh, we'll I, talk I, about I got Azure it, in a moment. I got it I done. And I was like, yeah. screw this. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like I now it's redonkulous. So a little bit about my but setup. Anyway. I initially set out so as my sample application to keep it consistent across all three. I wanted you know something that was. I didn't want a, a simple, basic POC Django thing. So I picked Wagtail because that also requires a database. So okay. best effort, I tried to set up Wagtail on all three. So, and I actually tried initially to do it as a beanstalk on AWS, Elastic Beanstalk. That was more painful than I imagined it would be. Just everything from the virtual end to getting it to, first of all, having to repackage it <laughs> you know, as a different zip file, that was a pain in the butt. You know, so I just, everything about this entire experience is just, well, that was worse than I thought it should be, you know? Yeah, that was the takeaway I took. With the amount of, you know, the amount of power Amazon has. Yeah. Specifically talking about AWS, the amount of power Amazon has and their like AI and, and their engineering resources, things like that. You would think they would have found a way to automate Django deployments by now. They would say, oh, that's a, you know, that's a Wagtail app. Wagtail's not that common, but it's common enough. I would I would expect it to be, you know, expected. I, I would expect it to be detected for the amount of resources Amazon has. But it wasn't. They, in fact, they don't offer any sort of automation in that. And I think with the amount of clout that they have, you would think that's something they offer, but they don't. And that's the you repeating pattern I was experiencing. Yep. It's like, yeah. wow. With how much resources and, and how much praise these people get, you would think they would be doing more. And that was a I repeating agree. thought that I had. And I, it I, just, I was disappointed the entire time. Now, yeah, I had high expectations. But remember, again, these are people who have thousands upon thousands of engineers. Engineers, not technicians, engineers. Yeah. So that was just a, a really disappointing experience overall. I think it was fair for me to have high expectations in that, considering that's a such a high sort. That that's literally what keeps Amazon going. That's the bulk of their profit is AWS at this point. So I don't know. I yeah, but all that to say, I did try this in best faith, where I tried to use as much of a cloud mindset, so to speak, as possible. And I think if you were deploying Django, a Django app such as Wagtail, to your production, you would be using Beanstalk, right? Right, Jathan? I don't. I think it depends. Okay. Well, I, I guess Derek might be a better person to ask for that. I think if you don't really but, need the scalability of Beanstalk, then it's probably more expensive, to be honest. Interesting. Because I, I was just going off credits in the free tier. but Yeah. Because really, I'm Beanstalk's pretty sure... more expensive than an EC2? I think. At a guess. But I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that I noticed is just how expensive hosted databases are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. ridiculous. Like... Mm-hmm. There's a lot of functionality there, so I guess that's that's part of it. But okay, well, I think uh, let's move on from AWS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time. You guys want to talk about GCP now? Can, oh, can sorry, we, can, Katie, wait, wait. Let's, any... let's let's do this. Let's rate. Let's rate it as we go. So, where does All AWS fall? <laughs> no, no, no. You, we have three of them. So on a scale of one to three, we have to. Well, we have, you mean like in order place of, them in different? Yeah, yeah. yeah, in yeah order so, them. Order, order them. them. So, oh, well, then I go GCP, AWS, Azure. Yeah, well, no, I do no, the same. I, okay, all right. 
Okay, yeah. Okay, so we're all the same then. All right. Yeah. Well, because we already are all said what our number we, one. Yeah, was. we and we did talk about it. You know, we did, at yes. the beginning. So and we also just talked about how Azure is clearly ass. So yeah, ass. yeah. So I think I think reasonable listeners could have deduced. Yes. <laughs> sure, but I, I kind of like. But, okay, let me okay let me ask you this before we move on from it. Okay. If you worked at a job and they said you need to use AWS. Would you go find another job, or would you use it, et cetera? Well, that's my not, job not right you, now. Not you, Jathan. I know you are doing that. I'm asking Brent. That's, oh, that's a bit loaded, because then, you know, you also I, have to balance the market, like the job market. I guess what and... I'm saying is, is, if you work somewhere, like if you went to go work somewhere, and I said, okay, we we use AWS, and we, you know, but we also use a feature you like, LibVert or whatever, for local, yeah. whatever, whatever you want to say. If you had to use AWS for something... Would you keep working there and use AWS and kind of like whatever, learn it, or would you move on to somewhere else? So me personally, I because I try to be flexible, I would yeah. I would be inclined to learn it. Sure. But that doesn't mean I wouldn't be looking for a new job after that. Okay. Okay. So you know? so you wouldn't even so, so you when the even... market was better, if it was okay. like, if it was a good time okay. to get a new job, I'd be out. Wow, okay. It's gonna be a long episode. It will be. Yeah, we're already at fifty seven minutes in the That's wrong, fine. So It'll is... be all right. <laughs> I'm rolling through right. one provider. Thankfully, my, my other notes aren't as. Yeah, I, I, I think I think Azure is going to be fast. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to Why talk to you guys about. Why don't we actually do Azure something. next? Okay, let's okay, do Azure. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Okay, so go ahead, Brent. You also they offer yeah. they seem to offer the largest services structure slash hierarchy. It's a little bit hard to tell, but I think they might have. I think their problem there might be worse than AWS. If not, it's about par. Yeah, they, it was it was information overload in my opinion. Yeah, like, there was yeah. there were so many options you could do Windows Server, you could do Windows Server with PowerShell, you could do Windows Server with a bubble, and then there was all the different like Linux and the like actual services. Yeah, I yeah, just yeah, yeah. want yeah. a server. Give me a server. I don't care about a GUI or this or that. Just give me a right. freaking server. Give me the option to do that by all means, but have it like as a hidden advanced as, configuration as, option. As an or advanced career, yes. Okay, yeah, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I apologize. Go ahead. That's right. It did, you know, compared to AWS, it seemed a lot more geared towards Windows developers with tooling. I didn't use their PowerShell tool, command line tool. I would imagine it's what? a lot better than their cross platform option. I mean, yeah, PowerShell is cross platform, whatever. Shut up. But, you know, it, it did seem more geared towards Windows developers. It had that Windows feel to it. it yes. The Microsoft feel. I and I don't know how to put it into further words than that, but there that's, is a no, feel. That's it. That's, that's it. Well, it's just like it's... it's Which makes sense. It's Microsoft. Polished, but in all the wrong ways. Yes. Yeah, that's a great way to put like, it. Like, it looks nice, but it's not actually a polished experience to use. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. 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 That, that, Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. Yep. And that's, that's the Microsoft touch, you know? It looks pretty to execs, but not to developers. <laughs> I think that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Sign up is so painful. Guys, let me oh, tell you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The form does not yeah. play nicely with autofill, which I have enabled by default on my browsers. It ended up with me selecting Panama as my country. And the best part, <laughs> I can't change that. So I had to open a second account. You <laughs> cannot change the country. I didn't oh, even wow. finish the registration oh, wow. process, oh, and it wow. didn't let me change it. Oh, like wow. I there okay. must be a way. No, there isn't. They even warn you in the form, you cannot change this later. And I thought, oh, that's okay. I didn't complete the registration yet. I can still go back what and change it. What if you move? It. Good luck. You have to open a new account. Oh, my problem with Azure is that apparently I had an account open some years ago or whatever. 
and I had no free credits. Oh, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I had no free. I had no idea how to get free credits, and it did. There was no. It is a lot option. harder to find that to right. use their free credit to credit use their option. free yeah. tier, to use their free anything. And so, as soon as this, I'm as expecting as this a five hundred dollar, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm as expecting as this, a five hundred dollar bill from them because I didn't do yeah. the free tier correctly. As, as soon as this recording is over, I'm shutting off my, like. my Azure one. I can tell you that right oh, now. Oh, I deleted that's, it that's as soon as I was done. Yeah, yeah. I deleted. Like, it I, I just, I, yeah, I'm not doing it. Like it's bullshit. Sorry. Some more commentary on I had on Azure. Like all of their spam during registration, all of their spammy options were enabled by default. Oh you yeah, had to uncheck the email me about offers and all that, all that nonsense. That was. You had to opt out of all of that. And if you weren't careful, you're going to be getting email. So that just, I mean, again, I expected that from Microsoft, especially not as Microsoft, but it's good to see that hasn't changed on their part. And I mean that with full sarcasm. But yeah, so you need to make sure that you uncheck email me offers and so on and so forth, because it's, it's very prevalent during the registration process and they do a good job of hiding it. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to touch on this actually in my 15 clamps, so I don't want to say too much. Okay. But I will just note that trying to think about it from like a professional cloud engineer perspective, like if I have a company that has no, there's no infrastructure in any of the clouds yet, and we're starting to go down this path of choosing one. Right. There was very little in Azure that would make me think that it was the right choice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the one exception to that might be like support contracts. Well, oh. no, you can get Windows on even AWS, yeah, you get it. but yeah, you, but support I contracts. You but, know, like if you're a Microsoft shop, you're more likely to go with Azure. I would say maybe because you're used to forcing your workflow to fit Microsoft rather than the other way around. So that's why I think that you're the Stockholm syndrome, more or less, right? Yeah. Interesting. Also, I have some browser plugins that disable potential cross-site scripting attacks. Oh boy! <laughs> and it was <laughs> going wild. Sure it, it was going wild on the Microsoft site. Let me tell you. So I had to, I actually had to temporarily disable it just to get through registration because it was, it was popping up warnings about XXS all the time or XSS all the time. No script, by the way, is that. Yeah, no script is amazing. I love it. The web UI and the user experience in general, very buggy, very buggy. It told me my subscription didn't have access to create a server in a certain region. I selected a different region, selected the same region, told me I had access. In what world well, does that, that make that actually sense? can happen to you in AWS as well. Oh, really? Yeah, if you select a region that you haven't used before, uh-huh. they have like temporary restrictions in place. So uh, it might be that you try to do something and you have to wait 10 minutes and they'll send you an email like, oh, okay. I mean, that, you can now... Yeah, I don't, I don't actually design. know what the reason is. Yeah, that's poor design. But this was an actual JavaScript issue or like an ASPOT net issue or something like that. This was actually as part of the web code because it immediately let me do it as soon as I switched off and on to the region. No. So that was that was just bad web logic. So as expected from Microsoft, web devs not the greatest. They only allowed me to use MS SQL. There is a way to use MySQL in other engines, but they don't make it easy at all. You have to run through multiple layers of further convolution just to get to that point. But if you go there, you think like intuitively, you're like, oh, Microsoft databases or whatever it's called. You're like, that sounds great. Let's set up an RD, RDBMS. No, you get MS SQL and that's it. So you have to go through yeah. the long process. That's boring. didn't even. I got so fed up at that point. I didn't even try to go through that long process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, Jathan just uh, sent me something on Discord. Yeah, they split out the databases into separate services. It's not under their databases option, which is 
That's whack. It's dumb to me. That's dumb That's to whack. me. Why would you do that? That's so dumb. Yeah, so a note to Microsoft, MS SQL does not have a monopoly on relational databases, despite what you might think. It's it's a trash SQL engine. I don't know why you think yours is so great. There's a reason nobody likes it and nobody uses it, <laughs> except Microsoft Shops. The docs are all right, surprisingly. They're all right. Yeah. But they're also a necessity because the user experience is so non-intuitive. And you can tell it has that Microsoft way of pretending it's intuitive, but it's not. So the doc, you will need the docs. It's almost like it tries to be intuitive, but it fails hard at it. Or it just kind of makes assumptions about your intuition. I would be interested to hear how a Microsoft Shop dev or a Microsoft Shop engineer handles this experience. Because I'm a Linux guy, you know, so... Well, we we know a guy, but don't call him out. Okay. I think I might know who that is. Send it to me in the host channel. But yeah, so the the docs are all right, but you you need them anyway. So that's probably why they're all right. And creating the MS SQL database also took a long time. So... Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Jathan just sent it to me on, on Discord. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. who I thought it was. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like I said, creating the database also took a while for me. And I don't think it was my end because I'm on a gigabit internet connection. You know, I have a gigabit down. So. Well, one thing is you used MariaDB. No. I didn't. Oh, do you use Postgres? For for Azure? Oh, oh we're talking Azure also. For, no, for Azure, I, I used MS SQL. I didn't get it working with the Django app, by the way. Okay, okay. I got so frustrated at that point. I was like, nope, not going to go any further with this. So, yeah, but good. out of curiosity, I was like, if I was going to deploy something and I was a Microsoft shop, I would be using MS SQL. So let's go with that since that's what they're pushing. <laughs> but even then, that took a lot. For all the other, for the GCP and AWS, I use MySQL. Okay. And that those are my notes. That's what I have on Azure. What do you guys have? I don't have much. I hated it. And yeah, it since painful. I and since I did not have any free credits, I went with the cheapest one, mm-hmm. which ended up being using half a gig of RAM or had half a gig of RAM. I'm trying to install the I'm trying to start the MariaDB DB server and it fails. And I'm like, why is this failing? Mm-hmm. And I look and I only have half a gig of RAM. I'm like, what the heck is this? So I had to go and I had to bump up to the next tier for a whole gig. And then the MariaDB server would start. And I'm just like, this is nuts that, you know, I have to pick this option. Like I had uh-huh. to pick a, high, a more expensive option to get the amount of RAM when I did a GCP that had eight gigs of RAM. You know, like in my opinion, RAM and CPU should not be the things that determine the server itself. Give me quotes based off of bandwidth and maybe maybe IOPS, you know? I would say that RAM and, and CPU are kind of the industry standard for pricing this. It doesn't make it right. I Well, because in a lot of cases, you know, like you can select whatever disk you want to attach to it. So Sure. Yeah. You know, or they do have a tiered system, but they don't advertise the storage or IOPS or whatever as part of that. They focus on the RAM CPU. That's an industry thing. And, I, you know, again, I'm not saying that's a smart way of doing it or I a good way of doing like it. I still didn't like that it was so light. Like, and, oh, yeah. And it was a yeah, lot yeah. of money, it's too. Like, it was like three bucks for a half gig of RAM server. And I'm like, yeah. I could get a whole gig on Linux. For a month? For a month, yeah. And I'm, oh, my you gosh. Know, yeah. That's the same as Vulture, 350 for a. But I can do a $5 Linode and get more than that. So I thought it was 250 
A vulture. IPv6 only is two fifty. Oh yeah, that's one thing. Dual stack is three fifty. Oh yeah, my, my, it used to be five dollars is the lowest they had for that. But again, my whole yeah. point is it was more expensive, and yeah. it was like the lowest everything, and it was more expensive than like yeah. AWS or GCP. And you know, I can't, I can't quantify that. Like that cost is, like I just can't do that. Like it's no, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't reasonably fathom doing that. It does feel like over time, Azure would be the most expensive to yeah. run. Yeah, yeah. Which is why they're kind of, I'd say they're used more often than GCP, but I feel like that's because not a lot of people know about GCP. I feel like more people, I, I feel like the advertising for Azure is I agree better. with you on that. But I feel like if more people knew about GCP versus AWS, they would use, or GCP versus Azure, rather. Yeah. They would use GCP. For whatever reason, the, the, the shops that don't use Azure. But we'll, t- we'll talk about that when we talk about GCP, I think. Okay, so the only thing I wanted to note about Azure is, so I used all the CLI tools to do all my stuff. Yep. Okay. That's cool. Azure CLI was very foreign to me because it's the only one I hadn't used at all before. Okay. But they do have an interactive mode. And so like a like a G, like a Azure shell kind of a thing. Yeah, almost. How okay. was it? Did you? I thought it was really cool. Did now, you guys? Okay. Side note, did you guys know NS Lookup has a shell? No, no. Yeah, really? yeah. That's so weird. It, it, it is really. Weird. Yeah, yeah. That's huh. weird. Anyway, so I would not want to use it twenty four seven. But to, while you're new and like trying to figure out, like if you start to type a command, so if you type like I don't even remember the fucking commands for Azure, but if you start typing a command, it will basically right below it like give you a list of all the flags you can pass, like in real time as you're typing, it starts to pull them up. So. I personally probably would have gotten really frustrated without that. I mean, I still got really frustrated because it's just not intuitive to me. It's not right. to say that it's not good at all. Like, if you use it every day, you probably have it memorized. Or if I you're didn't. a Microsoft shop, you, you it might feel more intuitive. But it wasn't intuitive for me either. So that's the only thing I wanted to point out as a pro. Otherwise, you know, like, I could get everything done I needed to get done. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the console. I didn't really like the CLI tools. Yeah. You know, pricing I didn't look at too much because I... That was, you know, I was using free tier credits right, or whatever. Right, right. I used Postgres fine. I don't know what rabbit hole you fell into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I, I just took whatever was the most intuitive, and that was my mistake with Azure. <laughs> that was my mistake. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> that's Turns like, out Brent had Django on Windows. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you can. You know, Python's cross-platform. They did have, there. by the way, there was, like, it is there. It's, it's oh, you set it for Django app? It's, it's, it's right here. But... The database component, they really push that MS SQL. That is their intuitive yeah. option, their op- offering. Well, I well of say. course they push that because that's their bread and butter, man. I mean, yeah, it's just the whole experience was yep disheartening. Yep, yep. All I right. hear you. I hear you. Yeah, right there, man. Last but not least, last but not least, GCP. GCP. I like disliked it. The I least. didn't like it. Yeah, I, I, mean, I disliked it the least. Yeah. Would I use it again? I actually, I think I would actually use it again for something else. Mm. So I, I, I feel like GCP's interface is the most shitty. It's I, well, it's, it's definitely simplistic. a Google product. It's definitely a yeah, Google it's product. So it feels like you're using a Fisher Price thing, yeah. but that makes as yeah. a, a trade off of that super intuitive to use. It was but so me, easy to navigate. Yeah, but I, I felt I like it was crippled. Yep. Yeah. What makes it for me is their CLI tools are the most beautiful. Really? Uh, that I did not expect. Was, so when I first started, really? the first time I used GCP was because they gave us a bunch of money at my old job to run an event. Okay. And I was like... Which event was it? That was a hackathon, right? 
Was it, it the was, hackathon? Yeah, and I was I, I was used AWS because no. Nah, well, we just... the year before we used AWS, the second year GCP gave us more money, so we used that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> makes sense. Sorry, Karen. well, I mean Google opened a big office in Boulder, and so we got some local contacts and whatever. Anyway, mm-hmm. anyway. Now the whole thing was I was pissy about it because we had already built out the tools for doing what we wanted to do in AWS. Mm. So now you have to port everything over. But now I had to figure out how to do all the same things in GCP. And that was initially really frustrating, mostly because, you know, this is an event I'm not making any extra money to put on or anything. Right. But I fell in love with their CLI tools, Hmm. honestly. Interesting. Interesting. From that, that was when I decided that like, oh my gosh, this is so much better than AWS. And so I actually maintain that, you know, if I were going to use a cloud for personal use, it'd probably be GCP, and it would probably be via CLI only, primarily. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Because it's just, I mean, if you guys want to keep using your free credits and stuff over no. the next, like, couple months. <laughs> I have no desire to. I highly recommend just spin up a couple of instances with their CLI tools and stuff, because it's just... For GCP? Yeah, yeah, yeah. GCP. So that's the big win for GCP. That's for interesting. The other thing... Because they, they struck me as multi-platform oriented or cross-platform oriented because they don't really have a vested interest in one os or another they're not specifically invested in linux they're not specifically invested in microsoft you know neither is aws really well they make they do make a fair amount of linux kernel contributions i don't know if you knew that but they do contribute back to the linux kernel i feel like google does too well all right yeah to be fair but that's totally that's more of their services servers that's not really their you know what I mean? Like, it, it's not... Yeah. I don't know. AWS feels more Linux-centric to me. But Sure. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. Anyway, so that's the only thing I wanted to say there. Otherwise, I mean, they you know, the offerings... Like... This is one of the things, actually, that I noted about all of the providers is, you know, again, I work with AWS daily, so I have an idea of what the instance sizes are and what the names mean. Mm-hmm. But they're stupid. Right. Yeah, I agree. Like T3.micro, I know what that is, but why is it called that? Mm. Like, regardless of why it's called that, come up with a human, readable, friendly name for normal people. Yeah. 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 Micro, I I understand. T3, what the heck is that? Yeah, micro. micro, So now going back to GCP for me, which I haven't used in probably a good year or so, Mm -hmm. that was the one thing is I was like, what kind of instance type do I need? Because... AWS is so ingrained in me because I'm right. using it daily. Yeah. Whereas GCP, I had to go look up all the instance types and the tables and the pricing and stuff like that. Mm. And that's just, you know, that's a whole thing. But yeah, otherwise, I mean, all the offerings are more or less the same. That's all I've got there. But yeah, GCP, command line tools, top notch, 10 out of 10 recommend. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, they, it, it was certainly the least painful. I'll say yeah. that. It was still painful, but it was the least painful. Well, here's the problem with that, though. It's a Google product, and so they'll retire it in a year whether yeah. people want to put them to <laughs> exactly. or not. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Rest in peace, Google Reader. Rest in peace, pretty much every Google application Google Plus, Google, yeah. Hangouts. Hangouts. Hangouts, yeah. yeah. Hangouts. Yeah, they just retired Hangouts last year. Like, And don't get me wrong. Like I said, I would use Google. I would use GCP. Like, if I went somewhere and they said, we use GCP, I'd be like, Okay, you know, fine. Yeah, it's like I'll live with it. I'll live with it. Sure. If they said we use Azure, I'd be like, okay, sorry, I'm out. See ya. I mean, the SpongeBob theme, I'd be out. You know, see ya. If they said we use AWS and GCP, I'd be like, "Eh, okay. I mean, like my work uses AWS, and so I'm Mm -hmm. learning AWS because I I eventually would like to work there, work at that part, and you know, do that thing. But at the same time, like you know, do I really want I really want to put the effort into that. 
Right. But I mean, I do. But at the same time, I, you know, I was like, really? Yeah. So here's my notes on GCP. And mm-hmm. I, I had the least amount of notes for these just because it was such a simple experience. Do it up. I mentioned it, it definitely has the simplest options structure hierarchy of the three. It was very easy to navigate. Mm-hmm. The naming, again, was an issue because all of these cloud providers just love to pl- apply their own branding. But I felt like it was more intuitive for GCP. Yeah. They strike me. And this was, you know, it's interesting that Jathan kind of sort of maybe hinted at this. But they struck me as the most cl- cross-platform friendly because they're so simple. Because you don't have that complications and the complexity and the specialization you have that flexibility to be more friendly to cross-platform applications. I think what But it does limit though, your options, yeah. In part, is like their naming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, they did a better job naming. No, right? so some things maybe, like their storage service and other service mm-hmm. names, I think. But like in GCP, you have things organized into projects. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. That, that Whereas was. Whereas in AWS, you typically separate things by account. Account and component, yeah, yeah. And in GCP, the project thing, for whatever reason, doesn't click for me. I don't like it. I don't get it. It, it feels very relational. Off. Yeah, it feels like you're trying to apply. Well, like not a... everything fits that mold. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I, I agree with you there. I think that's a, definitely a fair criticism. But I do think overall, like, aside, you know, Jathan does bring up a good point. The, the project thing is a weird concept. But aside from mm-hmm. that... I found that the organization and navigation and user experience was a lot better on GCP. Yeah, I agree. And some aberration, uh, aberrations, some operations, Oper- operations such as... Calculator? Yeah, yeah. Such as enabling the Cloud Engine API, huge amount of time. It took so long. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing is, I should have actually had it like enabled, but I think it's a per-project thing. Because it turns out I already had like two projects in cl- Google Cloud that I totally forgot about. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was using it to build Chrome OS for a, a testing platform at one point. Really? Interesting. Yeah. I looked and I was like, oh, I, I have projects here. Go figure. And I didn't need to register or anything like that. So I was like, well, what's going on here? And then I, I log in and I was like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. That's like five years old. But even then, I think the enabling the Cloud Engine API, it prevents you from doing some actions until you do it. It's easy to enable but it won't let you continue until you do it. And it takes a long time to do it. And I think it's per project because I'm fairly sure I had that enabled for the Chrome OS project. So I think it's per project and it takes a good amount of time for there. And lastly, the configuration requires a little more like ground up. Like in AWS, for instance, your auth networks or security groups as, as to use AWS specific terminology, there's a quick clicky clicky button for associating with a, a clever, like if you want to create a firewall rule and tie it you to a security group, yeah, yeah, there's a clicky clicky and there's a button right there to add a security group. Done, you know, easy enough. With GCP, it's a little bit more ground up. It requires a little bit more customization. You have to add the CIDR, you know, the CIDR address. There's no easy way to associate it with, for instance, an existing instance. So that was surprising for GCP because it felt more like Fisher Pricey will do everything for you kind of a thing. But yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, Jathan's telling me to use Bodo three in the host channel. I'll put that. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. He has a lot of high regard for it. It seems so. Yeah, but well, I, I think, mean, it's published by Amazon, right? Right. And I'm pretty sure it's what they use for their own CLI tool. Okay, that'd be, so, that'd be interesting to. Is do you uh, know if there's if, like equivalents for other languages like c and, and golang 
and Ruby. And... I mean, I'm sure they're... Well, it's just REST API. Oh, really? I know there is a Golang SDK, but I haven't played with it at all. Interesting. Okay. I'm sure they have stuff for all kinds of languages. But mm. honestly, there's a lot of things that I will just script out in Bodo, even though I have the CLI tools. Okay. Because it just... Because you don't need to bash it. And it's, yeah, it's easier to it's iterate. so easy. Python so, does make a lot of things easier than Bash. Like I mean, the returns so are native dictionaries. It's just so easy. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so it sounds like that would be the way to go. But at the same time, I'm kind of of the belief that, like, why do you need a library just to interact with but dude, service I'm, turnout? Okay, know? but think about Linode. You don't have a library. Well, that's because they, they probably they, do, actually. They, they have a REST API. Well, and so does REST AWS. A, well, right, but... But the difference is, do you want to... AWS's REST API, it's a much more simple thing. I think all of Linux documentation is maybe like one page for their API. But you can do it just about everything. But that everything is a lot less. Yeah, well, is it though? Because of how Linode's much AWS... VLANs are in beta right now. They're what? VLANs and, oh, VLANs. and cloud-based yeah, 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 yeah. firewalls are in beta right now. Yeah, no, that's true. But... Like, AWS has had that since day one. But a big portion of... And I'm glad you brought this up because I did kind of want to touch on this. I mean, first of all, we're talking like apples to potatoes here. Yeah, yeah, we are. To be I, fair. I, I, but yeah. if, if you do want to make... The, yeah, <laughs> I, I, it's not even apples to oranges. We're, we're talking about like fruits versus it. veggies. Or fruits versus tubers, if we want to be technical. Similar texture, though. All right, I'll grant that. Yeah, apples and potatoes <laughs> do kind of have a similar texture, I guess. <laughs> okay, yeah. Potato but, sauce. But, ew. But to... Okay, you're done, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> He's flagged. But to kind of go further into that like you can do less with linode but kind of the same amount i mean yeah like vlans and all that whatever but for the equal amount of service because amazon because aws breaks those services down into much more atomic components i feel like that complicates their api there are some things though that like you just can't do with Linode that you can do with AWS. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's true, but... And there are, the configuration is different. So, like, Linode, well, that's the you thing. know, yeah, that's, as Peyton that's already just... kind of touched on, you have predefined sizes of instances. Right, right. Including disk. But in AWS, you can take the smallest instance compute and RAM-wise, but put three terabyte disk behind right. it. Right, right, right. Which yeah. you can do with Linode, but it's a separate disk that you have to attach. Sure, which right. is fine. Right. I'm fine with that. I just and really that's well, kind of how you would want it structured, though. Like you don't want well, it your depends huge what you're data doing. disk on your root. You want that as a separate mount. Uh, it depends what you're doing, probably. No, because the the I/O operations are going to be easy uh, are going to be a lot faster if they're on separate disks. Did you know that? They might be. They typically are. Yeah, if you've got it depends a, what they're multi core. You can only access one sector of a disk at a time per kernel thread. Yeah. So yeah. Generally speaking, you're going to want separate disks, and not separate partitions, separate disks, because right. then it's you know it's a it's a total it's a whole it's a different, different hardware thread. Yeah, different bus, exactly, exactly. So it does end up being more performant. I don't now, know how that plays with KVM in virtualization. But... Yeah, right. It may not actually be. A yeah, it bus. may or may not. I, I would have to test that, and I frankly I don't want to because <laughs> yeah. it's it's a lot of work that's, for a very a lot little of payoff. But but if anybody knows, I would, yeah I would yeah tell me. by all means get in touch know. with us. I'd like to know that too, and and I can update the show notes. Same. Let us know. And if you Ideally disagree with, with benchmarks, benchmarks, if you I disagree would love with what we said about all this stuff, anything, I mean, please, yeah. you know, let us know because listen, really, I want to be challenged by our listeners. I want to I want them to say, okay, you are an idiot because I did this this and this and it was fine. Right. 
you know, what did you do that you couldn't do that? Like, please, okay, by so, all means, you know. So what are, like, the closing remarks here, I guess? Like, Never what again. Do not... Don't use, don't use... <laughs> <laughs> now so here's where i given the choice i still would prefer an in-home vm net yeah with like libert d or something yeah. or mm-hmm. straight up bare metal with ipixie kickstart and config management because there you truly set it once mm-hmm. you, you you do it once and it's done mm-hmm. so i think that's Agreed. that's where i'm at still i have not been convinced of the superiority of cloud i'll put it that way now the cloud would certainly scale more i geographically i would say it was but that's just about the only thing it has going for it yeah 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 i mean well i mean you could go from having a hundred servers to like a thousand in aws in a day that's again with the libvirt cluster too you could yeah absolutely if you have enough actual space on your hardware but if not, then you have to buy more storage and all that. I mean, whereas... Yeah, all right. That's true. Yeah. But, I mean, chances are if you're scaling something that out anyways, it's not like a full-blown stack. It's probably But a also, if you scale it out in-house like that, you're scaling it out permanently. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Whereas thing. in the cloud, you can scale to a thousand instances for a day and then turn it back down to a hundred. That's... So but they're all it's very... very they're all very kind of throwaway instances. Yeah, you don't want it's a very dependent deploy. on what your workflow is, is all I'm Yeah, saying. all right. I'll grant that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so, okay, so I think that closes out our topic. Yeah. So, Jaython. It should. <laughs> if I have... Five. Four. If I have 20... Three. T3 micro. AWS regions. 26. Oh, that's a lot. And five of them drop out. How many regions am I left with? 5,623. No, that's wrong. <laughs> how close together were the regions? Next door. Well, no. Two. If five, if I have twenty regions, then five US of them drop East, out. U.S. East and there, there are forty-nine EU1. AWS regions, Jathan. <laughs> There's I mean, separate I guess regions. It's Fifteen, but I don't feel okay. like it's a clear-cut question. Okay, now if those regions were clans, clear-cut clear question. <laughs> then they'd be four pointers. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> now, if they were clams, how many clans is that? There's fifteen clams. Okay, Jathan, wow. why don't you tell us he about fifteen right clams for this time. episode? So my 15 clams is a continuation of this discussion in a sense. Yeah. Because one thing, so again, I had already worked with two out of the three of these providers. Yep. So, you know, I'm sure it didn't take me as long to do some of the stuff, especially AWS. That was just like, you know, boom, bam, done. But it is why I stood up a new account because I wanted to make sure what we were doing was comparable on most levels. Mm -hmm. But I did start looking around at, you know, like... If you don't use any cloud provider, how do you make that choice right now? And, Mm. you know, one thing that I found really interesting, and this is something that's kind of well known, like, if I ask you, like, what is the sort of downfall of the cloud? Like, what can make the cloud prohibitively expensive? Mm. I mean, I'm asking, what what can? Besides unclear billing tiers? Well, sure. (laughs) But I mean, what's really expensive about using the cloud? (sighs) Probably the one strength it purports, which is the scalability component. Yeah, that can be if it's unchecked, but what's actually really expensive is moving data out. Oh, yeah. You can move things around in AWS pretty freely, actually, and at very low cost. Mm -hmm. But if you have to download 100 terabytes or you're distributing data, that gets expensive fast. So it does kind of tie into Glacier, too. It's really cheap to put data in, super expensive to get data out. Well, the price has come down a lot. Mm, Let's go. And because... And there's a limit now, like if you're under like what is that a certain amount. Sound? 
Sorry, that's me. Oh, okay. Sorry. If you're under a certain amount of data that you move out per month, it's really, really cheap. So you might get your data over the course of like six months and it would take forever, but yeah. it would be really cheap still. Okay. But that's, you know, whatever. But my point here is, you know, moving data out of the cloud can be one of the most expensive parts of it. And so, so there's a couple of really things. really sure that, you're, <laughs> that you want to use it before you go into it. Well, that you want to use it, but also think about who you're serving. Like, mm. if you have a bunch of clients who also use AWS and you know you're going to be sending them data, it's probably going to be cheaper, even if your compute costs are a little higher, let's say, than maybe GCP would be. You're going to save so much money moving data that it's probably worthwhile. Mm. But the other sort of facet of it is what I did find interesting is GCP tends to be more expensive. And I'm not even talking about Azure because... I don't care about them. Nobody should be using them. Nobody should be using them. Do not use them. Basically. Just don't do it. Stop. Stop now. So GCP tends to be more expensive compute than AWS. But the storage is cheaper. Yeah. So if you're running a workload that is much more storage heavy, you may make the choice to use GCP over AWS. Mm. Now, the problem with this you know, is it's kind of a surface level thing and it's likely to change over time. Right. So... I'm not sure I would base the entire decision on it, Mm -hmm. but it was just something I found really interesting. I've been doing a lot of reading about the different cloud providers and how they really differ and stuff like that. And that was something I found is, you know, a lot of people who are just doing cloud storage, like the only thing they're using cloud for is storage, they use GCP. Hmm. And then what I wanted to... Interestingly on that note, because Google is so... They apply a, a lot of hardware optimization, even to the point where they have like hardware engineers. They design and use well, their so own hardware. Well, so does AWS. Yeah, but I mean, Google's been doing it longer, and it's more widespread throughout their services. And all I things. actually think Apple did it first, but mm, no, I think Apple contracts a lot of stuff out. But Google does a lot of that in house and has been for a long time. So I think if you want, like, if it's right down to computational optimization. GCP might be the choice, but even though it's more expensive. So again, like uh, that's another factor in your decision-making process, but yeah, I don't know. It'll be more expensive, but it might be worth it if you need that. Because I also think at this point, AWS has written their own virtualization layer. They, I want to say they patched it, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, so the one thing that I wanted to talk about a little bit here is, so first of all, just that kind of thing, like think about what your cloud is actually Like, what are you actually using the cloud for? What types of services do you need to leverage? Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. Because there is no silver bullet. There is no silver bullet. You're going to have pros and cons anywhere you go. But I do believe, after doing a whole lot of reading, that it's very rare that any company should be using multiple cloud providers. Mm. I agree with that. Because... Pick one. Stick with it. Well, because, right, AWS makes sure all their services work together. Mm -hmm. GCP makes sure all their services work together. And to do multi-cloud really well, you end up spending a lot of money on engineering because all of your tooling has to be written for, you know, both clouds. Mm. Or time, and and time is money, yeah. Right, so that's part of it. But then anyway, on on a more personal note and kind of piggybacking off this, you know, the last two weeks, I've also really spent a lot of time with storage. And I'm sure that most of the people in our Discord are tired of hearing me talk about <laughs> storage. I mean, it's it's, but, it's better than the amount of talk you did about storage when you were a storage ad. So, well, to be that's fair. probably true. <laughs> Different kind of storage, though. Yeah, yeah. One was actually fun. <laughs> I miss uh, I miss storage, but anyway, you miss block storage. I miss I miss maintaining storage. Storage mm, is fun. interesting. 
for me. But anyway, so, you know, the thing that I have found is, and I think that this is probably a takeaway that we all would share. And, you know, at the end of the episode with Derek in it, I was kind of excited about like, oh, man, there are actually some really interesting cost savings options within the cloud. Yeah. Maybe you can make it cost effective, but I have yet to find any of my personal services that I could run in the cloud cheaper than Linode. Mm. Like, And Linode now is sort of touting themselves as like an alt cloud provider, which I hate yeah. personally. Yeah. But I understand it too. So I mean, so you kind of have to I'm be not, competitive. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to call them the alt cloud, but so my personal opinion is for small business and personal use, mm-hmm. you cannot go wrong using a provider like Linode. Yeah. But the other thing is, so personally, I was also using Linode's object storage because it was easy, mm. right? I already use other Linode things. Mm-hmm. It's easy. But I actually, I turned it off today. I disabled it. I migrated everything I have to Wasabi. Okay. Wasabi. And the reason being, it's just for my use case, I can get so much more storage for so much less money. Was the S3 API compat a factor for you? Well, both have it, so it doesn't matter. Oh, they do? Okay. I yes. don't know that Linode... Almost anybody that's selling object storage these days is S3 compatible, or else they aren't in business. Huh. Because there's so many tools to interact with S3, and there's so many things like NextCloud yeah. yeah. natively will use it as backend. Huh. You know, so many other things that if your storage front is not S3 compatible, you're not going to have anybody using it. Mm-hmm. And I think... I don't know this. I'm curious if anybody does know. At a guess... Linode is probably using MinIO as their object storage service. I wouldn't be surprised. And at a guess, you know, DigitalOcean probably is too. Mm. I did have the, I'll call it pleasure of playing with MinIO <laughs> for a while. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and, and it is actually, it's pretty well done. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I wrote a lot of salt states around it that were made it really easy to add storage and stuff, which was cool. But anyway, so my whole thing here is just, you know, If you're choosing a cloud provider for your business or for a business you work at, do some critical thinking about what your workflow actually is, who your customers are, where you're sending data, whatever. Especially if you're just getting into the cloud, don't focus on multi-cloud from the beginning. That's Mm. my opinion. But I think it's one that you'll find plenty of people agree with. And last but not least, for personal use, I mean, one, don't be afraid to play around, but also, you know, use Linode, use DigitalOcean, use Vulture for your infrastructure. As far as storage, though, Backblaze B2, if you don't care about encryption, Wasabi can be a really good option, but you have to read their egress policy pretty carefully. Mm. Same thing. Like, I could do cheaper in Glacier, but the amount of time to write the correct policies to get things into Glacier, and if I did have to recover it, it's not worth it. Mm. I actually, through my consulting gig, became a reseller of Wasabi storage, which was super easy. Okay. So I even get a discount now. So yeah, I just... If anyone has questions about that, feel free to hit me up. But I guess that's all I have. Hmm. So, yeah, I, uh, I will close this out with one more comment. Oh, no, I forgot what it was. <laughs> oh, okay, I, I remember. It. I remember. It. Anyone know? If Peyton was using Tor, his QNAP would be fine. Oh, my God. Shut <laughs> Shut. Would not. Shut. 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 It would not. Shut up. And it would not. It's true. It would not. Yeah. Tor protects you from some things. It, it's not that. It doesn't make you more secure. It makes you more anonymous. Yeah, right. So the the, so because and I have to listen back, and if you guys kept, if you guys have caught me doing it, let me know. But I'm pretty sure I did not break the bet the entire episode. But I do still want to donate. 
So well, I'll be sure. I'll be donating a hundred dollars to Compassion International. Do you guys want to say what charities you're donating to? Oh yeah, go ahead, Javon. Since you're donating, yeah, I'm going to donate to like hundred dollars uh, to the American Cancer Society. American Cancer so- Society, yeah. And I, I yeah, I'm sure I didn't make it up to hundred bucks, but I'll give a hundred bucks. Okay, fair. I think you made it. I, I want to say like eighty five is where you're at, but hundred's close. But just to make sure everybody's aware, shit balls. <laughs> All right, make that 90. <laughs> okay, Peyton, which charity are like you Like I said, I, I think I'm going to go for prostate health. I'll, I'll find one, and I'll make sure okay. I get it to you before the before releases. releases. Okay. And are we going to show off our sites at all, or no? No, I trashed mine yeah, already. Yeah, I turned mine off. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I wasn't, I, I didn't, yeah, I'm not super happy with If you're keeping it up, you know, no. and you want to, like, archive.org it, that's fine, but... No, yeah. no, okay. it was literally garbage. Like, it, like if I'm going to use it, I would use it for like a static site or whatever, maybe. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. about it. Like, that's all I would use it for, realistically. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, so with that, this has been System Minus Trivia. I'm Brent. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Peyton. See you around.